Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for June 16th, 2023. So today is the Friday before Father's Day weekend. And so I want to wish all the fathers a happy Father's Day. I pray that you feel loved and appreciated, that you would be surrounded with love, and that God will continue to grace you to be the man that you that you are called to be for such a time as this, pouring into your children those things that God has poured into you. And so as I'm teaching right now on the parable of the sower, which is the mother of all parables, I've gotten to the point where I need to address the cares of this world. I'm going to address today the cares of this world. And as I do, I believe that this message is going to be especially impactful for anyone who's struggling with mental health challenges. So from a mental health perspective, I know that that many people don't are not at peace in their own heart. Many people don't have peace in their soul. And I talk about in my books how soul prosperity has to precede life prosperity. You have to be prosperous on the inside before you can experience it on the outside. So we're going to talk about anxiety and, and the cares of this world and worry and all of that today and what to do about it. So the title of today's message is Not Caring About the Cares of This World. Listen, as a believer and as a child of God, I want you not to care. Put this in the chat. Say, I do not care about the cares of this world. The cares of this world is all, the, all of the stuff that the news keeps barraging us with. There's some people that get consumed with the cares of this world. Like Jesus said, it's the love of money, the cares of this world, everything else you want. Listen, say this, I will not be moved by the cares of this world. Get ready to receive the word. All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. Here we go. Before we do, I want to address a scripture that we've been looking at all year, Psalms 126 and verse 4. This is a scripture that the Lord gave our church, and so I, I keep sharing it with you. I want you to get this down in your heart. Lord, now Lord, Psalms 126 and verse 4, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again. Restore us unto the former glory and may streams of your refreshing in this season, especially today where I'm dealing with, with mental health challenges. In this season, I want you to be refreshed and restored again. May any area of your heart, like if there's an area of your heart that went dry in this season, God is going to refresh it again. Say, say again. Let me get back. All right. So in this season, God is going to refresh you and restore you. Put in the chat, no dry areas for me. All right. So that said, let's get into this parable. So we've been looking at the parable of the sower for a while. Let's go back and look at it again today, and I'm going to tell you the line that I'm going to focus in on. So Mark chapter 4, beginning at verse 13, down to verse 20 from the easy-to-read version, this is Jesus' explanation of the parable to his team, to his staff, to his disciples. He says, now listen, you guys got to understand this. If you don't understand this parable, how can you understand any parable? But anyway, when I was talking about the sower, okay, let me explain. The sower is like someone who plants God's teaching, so the teaching is the word. And that he plants it down inside of people. So the, the people are like the soil. You got it? Okay. Sometimes the teaching falls along the path. That's like the people that hear the word of God, but because their understanding is unfruitful, Satan comes immediately. When you don't understand something, 
whatever that, that word that you receive becomes susceptible to Satan. So if you don't understand it, Satan comes immediately and snatches away the word that was sown in your heart. Other people are like seed that's planted on rocky ground. Say rocky ground. Now, we dealt with this one already. We dealt with the first two already. These The rocky ground people are the people that hear the word of God. They quickly and gladly accept it. They get super excited in church, but they do not allow the word of God to go deep into their lives. And as a result, they only keep it for a short time. And so as soon as trouble comes or persecution comes because of the word that they receive, these people are quick to give up. Now, other people are like seed that's planted amongst the thorny weeds. Uh-oh, that's what I'm dealing with today. These are the people that hear the teaching, but their lives have become full of other things. What are the other things? Well, the cares of this world, the love of money, and everything else they want. So now these other things are growing up like weeds, and those weeds choke out the word, and it doesn't produce. Lastly, other people are like good ground. Say good ground. Say, I am good ground. They receive the word of God. They allow the word of God to do what it does. They don't have competing priorities. They, they allow the word of God to go deep. They meditate and medicate on the word of God day and night. As a result, it produces sometimes 30 times more, sometimes 60 times more, and sometimes 100 times more. So last night, before I get into the full teaching for today, last night when I got back to the hotel room here, um, I, I saw a, a testimony from somebody who served with me. Uh, you know, he served with me in the army and he sent me a good note and he was like, basically, I shared it on social media. He said, chief, I just want you to know that the teachings that you've been providing lately on today's word have really caused me to think about the way that I, I've approached the word of God. And, and I realized that I haven't really embraced the word of God the way that I should. And obviously you can identify like Maybe you were like the first type of soil and you didn't understand it, so Satan took it away. Maybe you were like the second type of soil that, yeah, you was like, you would get happy when you, you heard the word, but you didn't allow it to go deep. And as soon as challenges came, you gave up. Maybe you're like this type of soil that you have the cares of this world, the love of money, everything else you want. So anyway, he said, one of the things he said resonated with me for today's message because he said, after having gone through a, a difficult season where I was battling depression... I'm in a much better place now, and I now realize the importance of the Word of God and how the Word of God is really changing my life. And I bring that up because I know that today's message in particular is going to be a tailor-made message for people that are that are challenged in the area of mental health. God does want you to be at peace in your soul, and one of the ways that the devil attacks you in your soul is with the cares of this world. It's like, oh, the sky is falling. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? And these people, they die a thousand deaths in their own mind. And if you don't control your thoughts, you're going to delve into despair, into discouragement, and maybe even into depression. And that's not the will of God for you. Say, say, Put this in the chat. Say, I have divine mental health. Put this in the chat. Say, my soul is at peace. So what does this mean for you today? I'm dealing with the cares of this world. You ready? I have three things to share with you in this morning. Let me get into these three things. Here's number one. Here we go. I need you to raise your heart and mind of all distractions. Number one, I've taught you this before. I need to reinforce this point. You are called to live life from heaven's perspective or from heaven's point of view. Put in the chat, heaven's perspective is my perspective. So the Bible teaches us not to live our lives from a human point of view. I've told you many times that you are not a mere man. You are not a mere human. So you are supposed to live your life from heaven's point of view because heaven is your home. Say this, say heaven is my home. So I am an ambassador. Once I got born again, 
And so now I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm a citizen of God's kingdom. I'm in this world, but not of this world. Heaven is my home. And so I'm supposed to represent heaven down here on this planet, but I cannot if I don't have a heavenly perspective. So I'm living my life from God's point of view. This means that I must shift my focus, shift my perspective. Say that. I shift my perspective to be able to see things from God's point of view, from God's perspective, so that I can approach lives, whatever I, I face in my life, from God's eternal truth and leveraging his kingdom principles. And so as a kingdom citizen, I'm looking at things from heaven's point of view, God's truth, his principles, his word, his will, his ways. So we, when we align our thoughts and our decisions and our actions with God and looking at everything from heaven's point of view, guess what? We're going to experience peace and joy and a level of fulfillment that we could not have any other way because we're not living our lives based on this world or based on the things of this world. Living from heaven's perspective allows us, enables us, empowers us to overcome the worries, the anxieties, and the distractions that the cares of this world brings. Put this in the chat. Say, worry is not a problem for me. Say, anxiety has no power over me. Say, I will not be distracted. So, so I'm not going to allow myself to be distracted by things that I shouldn't be focused on. This is why you got to be very careful what you give your attention to. The devil loves the news because he, like in the news, they know that good news doesn't sell. So the news companies, the media companies, they're always putting out content that is very negative or, you know, it's like hyperbole. You know, anything that happens, they're going to make it, they're going to magnify it because they know that's how they're going to get eyeballs. And as a believer, you got to be very careful not to allow that stuff to get so much down in your heart that that's what you start to meditate on instead of what God wants you to think about. So, so when you renew your mind, say this, say, I renew my mind, put that in the chat. My mind is renewed. So when my mind is renewed to think and act like God, I'm aligning my thoughts with God's word, his will, his ways, his character, his attributes, his nature. And so now it is God's perspective that shapes my worldview. I look at things from heaven's point of view. I'm looking at life through the lens of faith say the lens of faith, all right? So by seeking first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, by placing God first, by giving God first place, by prioritizing God, you're gonna, you, you'll be amazed that what happens down here in this world are temporary matters and you will not be freaking out. When everybody else is freaking out, you'll be chilling out. Why? Because you have, and you're not looking at, okay, going back to the miracle of, of Lazarus. Mary and Martha were freaking out because her, their brother was dead. The disciples were like, oh, my God, why did he let this man die? That was his friend. But while they were freaking out, Jesus was chilling out because Jesus was looking at the thing from God's point of view. And God had already said the sickness will not end in death. It is for the glory of God that the Son of God may be glorified thereby. So when you're looking at your circumstance or situation from heaven's point of view, you might have people in your family that are saying, why are you not more concerned about this? Are you not taking this seriously? You should, you know, you you seem like you're at peace with this. Why? Like, you, they'll be mad at you that you're not upset. They'll be mad at you that you're not mad. They, they'll be mad at you that you're not freaking out because you're looking at, at things from heaven's point of view. And if they're not, you're just going to be looking at, 
you're going to be looking at the diff at the same thing, but you're not going to be looking at it the same way. So living from heaven's perspective enables us to trust in God and his provision and his sovereignty. I know that God's got me. And if I know that God's got me, the doctor's like, oh my, this doesn't look good, but I know that God's got me. And so if I know that God's got me, I'm not freaking out. I can rest knowing I trust God. Say amen to that. Say, I trust God. You know what Isaiah said? God will keep him in perfect peace. The word perfect peace there means peace, peace. It's like double peace. Isaiah 26 and 3. God will keep him in perfect peace. Who? Whose mind is stayed on him. Why? Because he trusts him. If I trust God and my mind is fit, fixed and focused on God and I'm meditating on God, how often? Day and night. Then now I have peace, peace. I have double peace. Put that in the chat. I have double peace because I trust God. So when we shift our focus to God's perspective, we actually get to receive divine wisdom, divine insight, divine guidance, and revelation. So and now I'm, I'm able to hear the Holy Spirit because I'm not looking at the circumstance through, through the world's point of view. So, so as a believer, what we do is we become, what the goal is, is to become more sensitive to the divine impulses of the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit can guide our path, so that we, we can live our lives from his perspective, prioritizing his kingdom agenda and his plans and purposes on the earth. So when we keep our minds set, this is what Colossians says. Paul said in Colossians, keep your mind set to the things that are above. I told you like a thermostat, not a thermometer. A thermometer just reads the temperature. A thermostat sets it. So imagine your mind has a thermostat and there's a setting called heaven. You go click, 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 boom. I set my mind to heaven. I set my mind to the things that are above. I'm living my life with a heavenly mindset. So if I do, then I will not be moved by the distractions of this world. Why? Because my mind is set on the things that are above. So living from heaven's perspective helps me to bring my thoughts, my words, and my actions together in a way that glorifies God because I'm not living from a worldly point of view. Say amen to that. You got it? Number two, you live your life, if you live your life full of worry, then there's no difference bet between you and the world. So, so if you're going to worry, then nobody will be able to see any difference between you and the world. What separates us is that we shouldn't be worrying. We shouldn't be pulling our hair, hair out. People, I talked to, uh, I just talked to somebody the other day. It was like, man, Rick, you look good, man. You're, like, I haven't seen you in forever, man. It doesn't seem like you're aging. I said, well, first of all, thank you. Praise God. I appreciate it. But second of all, man, I don't worry. Like, you know, I enter into God's rest. I'm not pulling my hair out. I sleep well. I rest in the promises of God. You don't want to live like the world. Jesus said, don't worry about the things that you need to live on. Come on. What you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, you know, what you're going to wear. Oh, my God. Lord, what is going to happen? Jesus said, first of all, life is more important than food right? But, and what you're going to wear, but you can't add anything to your life by worrying about it. He says, don't worry saying what you're going to eat. What am I going to eat? What, what are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? Jesus said, you know what? That's how the world lives. Jesus said, you know, that's, that's how they live, right? You know that, right? They're the ones that are freaking out all the time. They're the ones that's like, oh my God, my business, the numbers don't look like, oh, the sky is falling. 
Oh, you know, I, I was told I work. I might, you know, we have some layoffs. What if I lose my job? The sky is falling. Jesus said, man, why are you tripping? Like, you, it, Jesus was like, you know, that's how the world lives, right? But we don't live like that. He said, don't worry. He said, your, your heavenly father in heaven, he already knows what you need. God already made plans for you. And so you, you shouldn't be freaking out over that stuff. Like if you are, if you're going to believe that you place God first, that God already made plans, then everything that you need to be successful in this world has already been stored up for you. You cannot worry and trust at the same time. If you take on care, Jesus said in this parable that the cares of this world is going to choke out the word. So in other words, worrying and trusting are incompatible. Let me say that again. Worrying and trusting cannot coexist. You can't worry and trust at the same time. So they are incompatible. You have to choose which one you're going to do. You're going to either trust or you're going to worry. When we choose to worry, we undermine God's provision. Let me say that again. When, if you're worrying, you are undermining God. You are, you are telling God that you do not have confidence in what he, what he said and, and his ability to provide for you. Worrying hinders the work of God, and it actually, the text is explaining, it prevents the desired results from the Word of God to manifest. You are preventing God from working when you're worrying. Worrying is a characteristic of those who do not know God. Jesus is like, you know that's how the world lives, right? It's a characteristic of people who don't know God, because if you, love, if you know God, then if you truly know Him and you trust in Him, then you won't have a care in this world. Like, I mean, this is what you do. You don't live your life based on, I don't care about the cares of this world. Trusting in God means placing your concerns in his hands. Take your concerns and you place them in his hands. You cast your cares upon him. When you prioritize God and his kingdom and you seek to do his will, you know that he's going to say this, say, my God takes care of his people. God has already provided everything I'm going to need. I'm going to walk this thing out. I'm living by faith and not by fear, right? And so, so I'm not living my life based on the cares of this world. I enter into God's rest. Instead of worrying, we're called to live by faith. Instead of worrying, we're called to have confidence in God and his promises and in his ability to meet our needs. So trusting God frees us from the burden of worry. Put this in the chat. The burden of worry has no power over me. I release it, right? I get to experience peace. Instead of this burden of worry, I'm taking on peace and rest. I'm choosing not to worry. I'm, I'm telling God that I have faith in him. And when you live that way, it sets you apart from the people of this world. Trusting God requires a shift in your perspective, and it requires a deliberate decision to rely on God, his goodness, and his faithfulness towards us. When you embrace worry, when you're a type of person that's worried all the time, you cannot be a true ambassador for the kingdom of God because in God's kingdom, there is no worry. So you have to let go of the cares of this world so that you can enter into God's rest and so that the word can work and produce the harvest that it is intended to produce in your life. You got it? I hope this, this is helping you, especially in the area of mental health. Number three, last point for today. You were designed to cast care, not carry it. G, uh, Peter, the apostle Peter said, cast all your care upon God because he cares for you. That's 1 Peter 5 and 7. Other translations 
say, cast all your anxiety or all your worry. So God wants you to take the cares of this world, the anxiety and the worry of this world, cast it on over to him. Why? Because he cares for us. We were designed to cast care, not to carry it around. If you carry it around, it's going to burden you down. Listen, I've told you this before. If you're going to do all the work, you're going to live your life on your own terms. You're going to base your life on your own human power, human ability, human strength. God is going to sit back and rest while you work and you get stressed out. But he'll wait now. And, and if you ever get to the point where, Lord, I'm tired, I'm ready now. Okay, so I'm going to either rest in God and let him work or I'm going to do all the work and let God rest. I choose to rest in God. Put that in the chat. Say, I choose to rest in God. I cast my cares upon him. Why? Because God has taken on the responsibility for me. God is like, you know, how you are responsible or you're accountable for your own children, right? It's Father's Day weekend. Say, you're like, if you're, you're at a, one of those bouncy house places or something, you're sitting there and another parent comes up to you and says, which one of those is yours? <laughs> you go, that one's mine, right? You're saying, I'm responsible for that one. Well, God is saying, listen, God looks over to Rick Pena. God looks over to you and says, that one's mine. So God has taken responsibility and accountability for me. I need to place my cares and concerns in his hands because God is like, I got you, son. I got you, daughter. So God loves it when we are trusting in him. God loves it when we when we say, you know what? My God is more than capable of taking care of me. So he's going to handle my cares, my concerns, my worries, my stresses, and my anxieties. I wasn't designed to carry that stuff around. Let me give that stuff over to God because he can handle it far better than I can. But when you take on unnecessary care, you contradict the trust that you say that you have. You, you're, you're taking on responsibility and accountability for things that you're supposed to be letting go of. You're holding on to things that you shouldn't be carrying around. Carrying care places, let me say it this way, very blunt. Carrying cares around places undue stress on you. It puts pressure on you, and it's a pressure that you're not supposed to carry around, and it also makes the Word of God ineffective. That's what we've been studying. It chokes out the word of God. So God's assignment, if you have an assignment from God, say, I have an assignment. Put that in the chat. God has called me to do something. So if you have an assignment from God, for you to do it, you cannot do it based on your power, your ability, your strength. You cannot do it based on, on you and your ability to do all this stuff. You can't take on the care of it. You were not designed. You were designed to trust in God's power, God's ability, God's strength, and God's grace. So when we allow the cares of this world and stress to consume us, we actually become obstacles and we're choking out the word. We're stopping the word of God from working because we're caring about things that we're not supposed to be caring about. Brother Pena, don't you care? No, I don't care. I don't give a care. I don't give a care. Whatever that is, I've given it over to God. I don't care. I'm entering into God's rest. I trust in God's finished work. I surrender to God. I trust in God. I believe in God. I'm resting in him. And so now I know that he's, he's free. God is free to work. He's going to do what he planned to do in my life. And God is going to bring his perfect will to pass in the fullness of his timing. I let go of the pressure to perform. I let go of, the, uh, of, of my responsibility or my accountability as it relates to me just being a human and making everything. I'm not pulling myself up by my own bootstraps straps. I'm not making my own way successful. I'm not doing any of that. 
I'm resting in God. I'm just doing whatever the Holy Spirit tells me to do. I embrace the grace. I release the burden. I walk in God's peace. I believe his promises. I stand on it. I decree and I declare, which is why the affirmations books are so important. I declare the word of God over my life. I enter into God's rest. I remind myself of what, who, it, who I am, of what God has called me to be. I walk over to the mirror and I, and I look at myself and I say, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. Man, I'm called to gain God's kingdom plans and purposes. I rest in God. I follow you. I get up every morning and say, Lord, I trust you. I believe in you. Every word that you declared over me, my business, my children, my family, my relationship shall come to pass. Father, I, I look unto you as the author and the finisher, the alpha and the omega, the creator and the sustainer. Philippians 1 and 6 says that I'm confident of this very thing that you, God, who has begun a good work in me, you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I will do whatever you tell me to do. I will go wherever you lead me to go. Father, whatever you want me to do, I'm, I'm, my life is in your hands. Everything that I am and everything that I'm not, it all belongs to you. When you live that way, come on now. You're not taking on the pressure to perform. You're like, I'm not that smart. I, I, I'm not the smartest. I'm not the tallest. I'm not the strongest. I'm not the fastest. I don't have all the resources. I don't have all the stuff. But one thing I do have is I have God. I'm in his hands and he has me. And as he leads me, I will go. He'll tell me where to go. He'll tell me what to do when I get there. He will give me the words. He'll perform the work. All the provision that I need to be successful in this world has already been stored up. God is preparing me for what he already prepared for me. I have nothing to worry about. I have no, listen, if it doesn't and look like it's working right now, obviously it's not over because God already told me how it's going to work on the other side of this thing. So I'm just going to believe God. I'm holding on to the promises of God. I'm going to trust and hold to God's unchanging hand. I know that God is going to bring this thing to pass in the fullness of his timing. Yes. Yeah, so, so I enter, I decree, I declare, I rest, I'm at peace. I love God. God has me. Come on now. So what do I have to be worried about? Say no, say this, say fear, worry, stress, and anxiety have no power over me. When you cast all your care upon God, last thing I'll say is you live an unburdened life. The grace life, right here, the grace life, is an unburdened life. You, you, you're not walk, walking around with the burdens and the cares of this world. Why? Because you have entered into God's rest. I hope that you got something out of that. We're going to close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and declare this over your life in the name of Jesus. Say this. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I boldly declare I live from heaven's perspective. I shift my focus from worldly cares to kingdom principles. My thoughts, decisions, and actions align with your point of view, resulting in peace, joy, and fulfillment in my life. I overcome the worries, anxieties, and distractions that the kids of this world bring. I renew my mind, aligning my thoughts with your word. I cast all my cares upon you. I embrace your rest, and I allow your word to do the work down in my heart. I release the stress and the pressure of this world. I am not self-reliant. I trust you with my whole heart. And I know that you've got me. I rely on your strength, your guidance, and your provision. Care, worry, and stress have no place in my life. I walk in peace, joy, and freedom. Every promise you have spoken over me 
shall come to pass. I embrace the unburdened life. And I boldly declare that greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. On Monday, I'm having another one. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org. You get my notes for free. Why not sign up? Go to todaysword.org. Click on the big red subscribe button. You get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Have a great Father's Day weekend. If you don't have my, my new book, Grace Based Success, get it. If you don't have the affirmations books, get that too. If you don't have Level Up Your Life, get that too, right? Get it. Get it. It's going to be a blessing to you. I love you. God loves you more. Happy Father's Day. Have an amazing weekend. The best is yet to come. God bless you. Oh, do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I told you this message would be good for your mental health. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material. And there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.